Well, 2020 marks the 50th anniversary of the Collegiate Employment Research Institute at Michigan State University and the 50th edition of its annual Trends in Campus Recruiting Survey. It's also the 25th year that Phil Gardner has led the Institute and surveyed thousands of employers globally to assess the job market for new graduates and those seeking internship and co-op employment. Phil, always great to have you back on MSU today. Uh, well, thanks, Russ. It's good to hear from you, and I love to catch up with everything, and glad to know that your kids are supporting you now. <laughs> and, and Phil, before we get into some of the nuts and bolts, just reflect a bit. I mean, 50 years is a long time. This is a very news-making report every year. Just reflect a bit on how it's evolved, especially in your 25 years. Well, yeah, it's, it goes back to the 19, 1970. I mean, I, I have to rely on Patrick Sheets quite a bit because he started it with Jack Shingleton way back then. And and they saw a place where they could add uh, information, understanding to the broader community in college recruiting. And if you remember back in those days, Michigan State was a leader in using research and technology and those kind of things um, more than other schools, and we computerized first, so it was kind of a natural place to be. Uh, Patrick ran uh, the survey for 25 years and and really had a lot of the, the ability to develop when computers came in, and they had a they moved from just tallying it on sheets and doing it by hand to to actually seeing the day that it went into actually desktop computing. So it moved quite a bit. I took over when Patrick took a new job on campus. And um, while I, I started initially doing some of the things the same, I saw that we were relying heavily on just very large employers that happened to come to campus, uh, be the and uh, focus at on-campus recruiting. And I thought, well, that when, but then when I looked at the the follow-up studies from um, MSU and the students, most of the students were going with smaller companies, companies we never heard of. So I tried to find ways to uh, broaden out the employers. I did a lot of digging in in, uh, uh, databases. A lot of it was, uh, some of it was online at those days. Career search was just coming online. But the big advantage came when we started to go into more um, universal uh, empo- college employer interface systems like Simplicity and Career Builder and places like that. And then I, I reached out to a couple colleagues um, and asked them to send out notices to their employers, which we started doing at MSU. And then it eventually had such positive results because we got a broader mix of employers by size. We, it was more reflective of the general hiring. We got a better regional composition than a heavily manufacturing Midwest report. And now we have about 100 schools around the country that uh, annually, every fall, go out to their employer base from community colleges to small regional uh, publics to very large research institutes to, uh, you know, private small mid-sized private liberal arts. So we get a real range of employers. We get a lot different perspective. And it really has, for the since, oh, for the last 20 years, really enriched uh, the study quite a bit, added a lot more uh, insights. It's still a 
a convenient sample. It's uh, the employers that respond at the time. It can't, it's, you got to be cautious when you generalize, but what it does is it allows us to at least begin to paint a picture of what might be happening. And then those that people, um, whether it's a college campus or a, a recruiter, uh, can look at the regions they recruit in, they look at their own building and can make some comparisons of how they're going to do. Uh, so I've been quite pleased with uh, the fact that we've been able to sustain it for 50 years uh, and have enjoyed my time doing this particular project. So Phil Gardner, uh, this 2020 version we mentioned is the 50th Recruiting Trends Report from Michigan State University. What are you finding? Obviously, I'm guessing the pandemic is impacting things quite a bit. What does this year's report show us? Yes, the impact uh, of the pandemic certainly is is spilling everywhere, and it does, and it has its reaches into recruiting too, and it's changed the way we recruit. Um, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, it's changing how we recruit. It's changing in the fact that people have to it. The the virus it comes and goes. It's not this even steady thing that we see in an economic recession. We see the downturn. We see the bottom. We come back, and we we can cover in uh, certain ways, and we can kind of anticipate what's going to happen. But th with the virus, it emerges and then goes away, and then you think, okay, everything can return to normal, and employers get going. Uh, and and start hiring again, and then all of a sudden it comes back like it is currently, uh, worse than ever. So it, it and it makes it very difficult for companies to uh, decide on hiring and what what they need to do, uh, and it breaks down things like supply chains, and so they can't get the the product they need to build what they're making, or they they have breakdowns in services. So. It's been rather, it's been really disruptive. Now, going into the report itself, I thought things would be uh, pretty serious, and in a way they are, but the numbers don't often ref don't necessarily reflect that because when you look at the employers really uh, that are reporting that they're hiring, uh, the number that are increasing hiring uh, are going to offset those that are decreasing hiring pretty much uh, at the bachelor's level. Uh, and what we see is that there's a group of employers that have no choice but to hire, uh, and, and, and they're hiring. Uh, their businesses are going to go on whether we have a, a virus or not. Uh, some sectors are, are seem to be uh, withering this better, and then we have sectors that are completely uh, being crushed by the virus, as, as you know. So we get a very mixed picture, but what, what happens is, if you read the report, it says that uh, bachelor's is only going to be off a percentage point. It's essentially statistically non-different than a, a change from last year. But underneath that, you have to realize that 25% of employers that typically would be on campus this fall are writing this out, and they're not going to hire this year, or they're waiting till January, February, maybe even March before they decide if they're going to hire anything. Uh, about uh, 45%. 42% of those at the bachelor's level that are hiring are going to lower their hiring, which is a significant number. We haven't seen that since we started coming out of the recession in 2008. And then, um, so that means that the 30-some percent that are uh, increasing hiring are balancing that out. But within that uh, percent that are hiring, um, 
37%, now the numbers get smaller, but the 37% don't even know what numbers they're hiring. They're out there actively on campus, working with career centers, working with students, trying to get talent pool. They haven't gotten a message from um, their head administration or a signal of how many people to actually hire. So they may end up hiring nobody. They may be under hiring. All of a sudden we get a big rush uh, of hire, uh, hiring activity uh, come spring. We just don't know. So there's so, a lot of uncertainty that makes these numbers kind of mucky. I think the good news um, in this is that the uh, math, uh, the associate level is doing so well. I know that's not a focus at Michigan State, but around the country, employers are uh, hiring uh, community college students, particularly those coming out of applied technologies, computer science, IT, health technicians at that level, and those kind of focus. Uh, it's kind of sad that the, a lot of the community colleges have taken big enrollment hits at a time when there's probably uh, going to be a demand for the, those students, depending on the regional economic activities around those community, excuse me, community colleges. If there's any bad news in here, it's for MBAs. The market is very uh, down quite a bit. Uh, it's it's typical for an economic recession to see MBAs go in a swoon like that. Um, and uh, and I, I just think that there's going to be issues there. Uh, it it's certainly sets up red flags to young people that you, know, you shouldn't have run off to graduate school and think an MBA is going to be suit you well when you get out of the uh and then the recession turns around and you get out of this problem it's never happened in the past it's it's pretty it's a it's not a great it's a, net, a questionable investment if you don't have a lot of work experience uh and to justify that that mba at this time uh other than that, we just see uh, some, we don't see a consistent pattern everywhere. We see very small employers and uh, mid-sized employers from 500 to 1,500 and very large employers hiring. And the middle size and 100 to 500 employers are down. We see sectors uh, in the economy that on the surface look so uh, down like manufacturing, but parts of manufacturing are up, food and beverage, uh, chemicals and plastics, but not pharmaceuticals. And the auto industry, aerospace is down except for defense. Uh, the, the commercial side of aviation is down significantly. Uh, but uh, so what's hidden in here is probably some impressions that support those economists that say this is going to be a K recovery. We're going to see sectors uh, in places do well and at the same time somewhere else are not doing well. Uh, you know, I'm so, so we're seeing these very mixed patterns uh, of that. So that's in a, that's in a really long nutshell, a kind of a summary of what's going on with the actual market. I think students that have to be prepared and they have to be ready and they have to be persistent because 
this is going to open and unfold in dramatically different ways over the next nine months. Uh, it, it could uh, go look like it's going very well, and then all of a sudden it shuts down. If things are continue to be as bad as uh, get worse than they are right now, we could see some shutting down in into November, December. Then it open with a flurry. We we just don't know. I mean, we don't know. But they ha- students have to be prepared. They can't get discouraged. Employers are active out there. Uh, they, the students have to be prepared, too, because they realize there's a lot of labor out there that's now displaced, and it, it makes it easier for employers to find experienced labor so they don't have to rely on new college labor uh, as much. Uh, so uh, just to sit there and wait for employers to come to you is not going to work this year. In fact, even the recruiting strategies aren't even suited to that anymore. Well, and Phil, I know you mentioned a, a phrase that caught my eye in this year's report, the new blend of, you know, digital and in-person ways that both employers and employees look look for work. But you, you've always advised students to get going right away as freshmen. And I guess just how does the pandemic impact how companies and, and employees are going to look for work? in the months and years ahead. Well, like I said, I it's called the blend. I mean, well, I wasn't, that's not original to me. I, I, a lot of employers and talked in response to the survey that they're going to use blended approaches moving forward. Uh, the use of virtual tech strategies, whether it's virtual interviewing, uh, virtual career fairs, things that are very evident now because people, uh, recruiters can't get on campus. They've been around for a while. Uh, people have, been using them, uh, and some were ex- the use was accelerating, like in virtual interviewings. And of course, with this situation, everybody's now using virtual, whether we want to or not. And what's going to happen is the employers are seeing a lot of benefits as well as some uh, disadvantages of using these technologies. They uh, it should be said that employers still like uh, to be engaged with students, be in face-to-face, in-person with them, uh, and I think students like it, but they also realize that that's going to happen in a different way uh, as we come out of this. And so we're going to see much more use of virtual kind of connections at different parts of the recruiting process that have traditionally been in-person. And so we're going to see more information nights going to be held on Zoom uh, meetings. More employers are going to do uh, research on students and develop students without necessarily having come to campus and then invite them to face-to-face events that may be more targeted. It may be housed more with the employer on the employer side than, than making arrangements on campus. So we're going to see that. And so students have to understand that this will change how they uh, go about uh, looking for work. It's never been truly a passive kind of event. Students that are more proactive tend to do better and and, uh, faster. Uh, It's certainly going to be much more proactive on the student's part to reach out, figure out how to use these technologies and how to use the information that they can glean from, say, Handshake at Michigan State or Simplicity at their campus to identify employers and do their research and then make the contacts and be ready, prepared to talk to them in ways that they haven't before. Uh, And this is not going to go away the minute the virus is over and everybody's going to happily come back to campus. Employers are going to continue. This is going to accelerate. This is accelerated uh, adoption of technologies that we predicted would happen 
at the end of this, the 20s, but not at the beginning. But now we're, I think we're going to see it pushed back uh, and, and happen much faster. And Phil Gardner, we've talked before about, regardless of one's majors, the importance of what they were calling soft skills. You said last year they're now being called more like power skills. But what are those and are they still as important when we may be doing a lot of digital uh, interaction? Well, yeah. So, you know, one of the things that was interesting is a lot of the employer reps that responded said that they expect uh, more half of them expected most of the jobs to stay virtual. Many of the assignments will be virtual. Uh, You're going to see likely see um, students uh, or young workers in the workplace, even in some internships, uh, doing it virtual on virtual teams or in one on one with the supervisor. But not all work can be handled that way. So what you're likely going to see is this rotational kind of exercise where you're going to even whether it's an intern, but it could be a new hire. It could be just a brand new graduate will come in and spend a couple weeks at a facility. They'll get an assignment that will have them work remotely. And then they'll, when they finish that, they may come back in and work with the team uh, in person for six months on a project and then rotate out, uh, back out to more remote work. So what it really does now is combines a whole bunch of divergent skills in a new package in a new way. You've got to have be able to work effectively virtual. So that means you have to carry on a a lot of a different kind of communications you, in the groups. You have to look at things different. You have to be uh, prioritize your time. You have to prioritize your work assignments because uh, working virtually, it's it's really hard to all of a sudden pick up something new that just happens to come into the office or something that has to be handled right away. Um, employers are finding that doesn't work very well virtually. So uh, like they used to when uh, young people, you work, you would go to home on Friday thinking, I've got my work all set up on Monday, Tuesday, you come in the office Monday and, and a whole bunch of things have come and you have to put that aside and, and jump on it. That doesn't always work as well virtually. So uh, things have to do be better planned. You have to manage your time. You have to watch your accountability. And then you shift back into in-person, in-face work, your communications, your teamwork uh, happens. But overlying that, overlying both of those are these skills that uh, are these broad power skills of, uh, of the, that are more grounded in culture and values and attitudes and behaviors that emerge out of that, how you approach work, how you work effectively with others, how you uh, do all that is going to still be critically important. Uh, and employers acknowledge that. I think that's going to be their biggest challenge in recruiting as, as we see more and more um, – students having to do remote work as part of their internship, it loses that opportunity to build those kind of relationships, instill culture and the organizational culture, and and allows us to develop those kind of skills that they really want. So we're in this flux period of how we're going to balance this this remote work, which we're more and more of us are going to do. And the older, more mature workers can maybe handle this a little bit better. But everybody likes to be in an office and see people every once in a while. So I think you're going to see a much more rotational kind of things. But we need to expect that now the skill sets are going to, they're, all the skills have been there, but they're just going to be coerced and, and, and used in different ways. And you're going to have to draw on more skills depending on the how you flow through these different work environments. Well, it's Michigan State University's 50th 
Recruiting Trends Survey of the Job Market for College Graduates, and we've been talking with its author, Phil Gardner. We invite you to take a look at it. It's a thorough at ceri.msu.edu. That's the Complete Collegiate Employment Research Institute, ceri.msu.edu. And Phil, is there just anything else you want to highlight from the report or just summarize what you want us to keep in mind about this year's report? Well, I, you know, I do these surveys and they tend to be long. This one happened to be much shorter than I traditionally do. But I was, I was always taken back and, and, and how much appreciative I am of these employers that take their time to fill this out because the last question was advice to students and uh, I haven't, been able to go through it all because they've been so generous with their advice as students going through this time. Some of it is what you would expect. Uh, it's you've got to work hard. It's about attitude. It's it's about being flexible and adaptable, particularly at this time. A lot of the you know students may have had anticipated that they were going to do certain kind of jobs when they graduate. It may not be possible for them to do that, and so they're encouraging them to be open and flexible and open-minded about what the opportunities are because these additional jobs may not be what exactly wanted, but they're going to open the path to where you want to go. So when it gets down to it, it's a mantra I used much during the recession in 2000, again in early 2008, is you got to plan you got to start early and, and, and think about this. Uh, you got to be prepared. Uh, so that means you've got to do your research. You've got to think about how you're going to interview different. Uh, you're going to have to take some time to do that. And you've got to persist. It's not going to be easy. Uh, it's not uh, certainly if you're computer science, you're probably going to have a lot more opportunities uh, than others. But still, every student has to prepare. To, to plan for this. So it's, you know, plan, uh, prepare, and persist seems to be the message right at the moment. Well, Phil, thanks so much for telling us about this year's Recruiting Trends Report uh, and all the best moving forward. Okay. Thanks, Russ. It's always good to talk to you and keep safe. Again, it's the Collegiate Employment Research Institute at Michigan State University, and Phil Gardner is the author of the annual Recruiting Trends Survey of the Job Market for College Grads. Find it at ceri.msu.edu. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.